Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another Addicted Fishing Podcast. We are sitting here tonight, and we are going to be talking about a little bit of a sore subject around the Northwest. And, you know, it's not necessarily a sore subject unless you know what you're doing, but we got a lot of new anglers, and we got a lot of smaller areas to fish just on the account that, well, things aren't as open as they were before. So I brought in two of my best buds here. Uh, we got Casey Kelly and Ryan McCon in the house, both guides on the Columbia River and a lot of the tributaries around southwest Washington and Oregon. Actually, Ryan's probably a little bit up north too. But my point is, these guys do 250 plus days in the river. So I thought, I couldn't think of anybody else better to see all these interactions and uh, talk about exactly uh, some rules of the road and some etiquette that needs to be kind of occurring out here in the Northwest. What would you think the uh, kind of current state of affairs are right now, Ryan? Like, what are you looking into coming into the winter season and where are you going to spend most of your time? You going to be on the bank? You going to be on the boat? Sled? Like, what are you, uh, you going to do? Mostly out of the sled for me. They shut down a lot of the rivers, you know, that um, I fish completely shut them down where you can't even float them or anything. Um, but I know going into this season, just knowing what goes on, that. I plan on mentally going into this season knowing that fisheries are going to be overcrowded and just kind of preparing myself to deal with some bad attitudes and people that don't have a clue out there. And, you know, maybe that's a maybe that's a huge takeaway just to start this off is uh, having probably – so you're saying you're going to need to express a little bit more – Patience. Well, I think you need to start mentally prepping about two months in advance <laughs> so you don't want to drown somebody else on the water. Well, no one wants, nobody wants to do that. Well, it's been hap it's happened before in the state. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what we're going to encourage on this podcast, but what you're saying is that you are, you are going to not have the expectation of showing up to any of these steelhead rivers by yourself running only your program, having all the fish in the world to yourself in the bank or the sled and not see a soul, right? No, not at all. Even no. to have multiple options, you should know that there's generally our rivers or rivers usually have five good holes that everybody really wants to get into. And knowing that, that you might not get into it that day. It might be, you might, might not get a fish even that hole till the next day. But uh, yeah, it's just, everyone's going to have to show a little bit more uh, respect, patience and courtesy towards one another, I think is probably the main thing. So I know we like to bring this up a lot in for winter steelhead season because everyone's getting on the banks and stuff like that. But you guys, you know, we, we fish year-round. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about the guys, you know, when we're participating in these crowded fishery. Like, Casey, what do you think is, like, probably one of the – probably one of the most things that you got to realize, like, when you, someone shows up to a new fishery or they're new to this and, like, you're trying to explain, like, how do you feel your way – into a fishery boat bank whatever it is like what's what's probably some of the key takeaways i always go into the situation like uh think about what i'd want people to do to me or what i would do to people uh, as far as being polite and uh just um being courteous to people before you make big decisions and just keeping your eyes open and uh paying attention to situations situations will vary river to river um if you got a hatchery hole and there's a thousand people lined up, you know, you're not going to want to run through it and just blow everybody up. You're going to have make a lot of enemies real quick. Uh, so just always just stay away from those high traffic areas and, and you won't have any problems. Um, if you go, if you go into a different situation where you have a lot of boats, 
and you don't really know what's going on, it always pays to just sit back and watch for a while. You can really learn right. a lot by uh, just observing for a half an hour and just seeing what the, the cadence of the, the drift is before you go diving into it. Yeah, I mean, and I there's a couple of fisheries that we participate in, one that we can think of especially that, you know, you get a bunch of boats working around there, and they're, they're all kind of doing the same thing. They're all trolling up one way, moving boat, or trolling down one way, pulling their gear at a certain spot, dumping their gear in in a certain area. And it does seem like the guys that just see the fish getting caught or see something coming in, they just jump right into the mix and... People see red a lot, and they like get just too excited and start making you know stupid decisions. And oh god, there's a fish! Let's get down there and get after it. And then uh, pretty soon they're you know having a guy jump their butt because they uh, low hold them or cut in line a little too close or or too drop too your close. anchor right in the middle of a thousand boats trolling yeah, yeah. so you can anchor fish. But they have the right to fish. They have the right to anchor there, don't they? You can do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, you're making maybe. Your friend's happy in your boat, but you just upset the thousand other people trying to fish that stretch of river. Yeah, and right. with social media these days, you know, it uh, it can go bad for you real quick. <laughs> I always feel like if you do something that works for you, but it messes up everybody else around you, it's probably not the right thing to do. Um, there's another, you know, that saying, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm-hmm. Do, do something that possibly will work for the crowd and the people around you. Um, right. Not saying your dad or your grandpa might have showed you this method and it works, but if you're really upsetting a crowd of people, is it worth it at the end of the day? No, switch your program a little bit, and and you might not catch as many, but at the end of the day, you might have friendships or or you'll be more successful. At, more, know. yeah. And I was gonna say, like, just like what Casey said, when you you get into the areas, instead of just diving right in and then running your program, sitting back watching observing like okay and we, and we don't talk a lot of river names here but i'm just going to bring up one because it's it to, to, to prove to put a point across i guess you'd say like let's talk about like the toilet bowl at drano like you're not going to be the guy that goes in there with 40 boats trolling that tight air who's going to drop his anchor in there right no one's gonna do that but the reason why no one does that is because most people that would probably participate in that fishery would launch off their boat check it out and be like you know what no one's dropping their anchor here. Like, this is probably <laughs> something that... And if they did, they say they'd been doing it for 30 years. That is true, which generally usually... Don't you notice how, like... <laughs> don't you notice how, like, the people that say that that kind of stuff were, like, you know, oh, I've been doing this since my mom's years. Like, I've been fishing here for the last 10 years. I've never seen you. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, they're always the guy that's in the wrong. But, uh, you know, so when in Rome, you know, do as the Romans. And like Casey said, just looking back, observing, kind of seeing what's going on. Also, too, if you're like, you know, and this just doesn't go you know for the boat stuff but this really goes for a lot of like some of these crowded steel steelhead areas like hatcheries and and whatnot too and um you know we're seeing a lot of that now rains are heavy fish are moving up to the hatcheries probably a little quicker than some of us would like to see but let's be honest that's where a lot of those fish are going to be there too so let's talk a little bit about like you know some of the on the bank stuff because i'm a steelheader and i think that every hole that i walk down i should have 100 yards down below me where no one's going to fish thank you very much <laughs> how's that going to work out for me you know a lot of times uh, if you go to canada you can probably get some areas like that <laughs> where you can get away from crowds but i don't know about in the lower 48 yeah most of us got our starts you know in hatchery settings where fishing is a little easier than than most places so you get this mindset to uh, kind of get in where you fit in and if there's a hole in the line jump in there and start casting 
don't be the guy that casts uh, uh, over other people's stuff. And you learn that quick. But um, when you step out, of, step off into a setting where you're walking a mile in, and there's a there's a guy, you know, fishing the top of a riffle, and and you you come in there, and I've had so many times where I just walk in there, and I'll I'll walk up to the guy, and I'll just start chatting with him, and we'll start talking fishing. And a lot of times, I never even make a cast. I just you know, and then by the time he's done, I'll say, hey, do you mind if I take a cast? No problem. And sometimes it pays, sometimes it doesn't. But you just got to talk to people. One thing I got to say on on talking to people when you come into a hole also, especially for beginning anglers and people that haven't experienced the <laughs> attitude possibly of bank fishermen. And one thing is don't believe everything that you walk into a hole, you might want to fish it. The guys are just rude, mean to you. And in the reality... They're just trying to push you out of there because they don't want you fishing Not. anywhere at all. So a lot of times, don't read everything they're saying, but use your best judgment. Communicate what Casey said. Communication is key, but you know where if there is that opportunity, it's always best to communicate. And and this go that goes for a lot of interactions. I mean, boat to boat, boat to bank, bank boat, bank bank, whatever it is. But what Ryan is saying too, where. Don't necessarily think that if this guy's walked a mile into some sacred little steelhead honeypot that he's necessarily thrilled to see your ass walking in. Yeah, there, I mean, right? I, and yeah, I'm guilty true. for it too because I could have, I could, I could have landed 17 steelhead in this hole, and you come walking up to me, I'm gonna be like, yeah, it's kind of tight in here, and the fishing's no good. Right, right. right. In so reality, that's, it's that's lights a small out. Stream mentality. Okay, so, so yeah, so I walk in, and I walk in, and I talk to a guy at the top of the run. And let's say the run is 200 yards. I'm on, let's say it's a big area, big, big cut of land. And I walk up and let's say I get that negative interaction. Hey, how's it going? And you just kind of, oh, it's going. And they're like, oh, you mind if I maybe step in below you? And I'm like, well, I was going to fish that. Like, then what do you do? What do you do? I go above it and work the water behind him because then you're not stepping on his toes. And if honestly, if... That guy's a good fisherman. You know, Cameron, if steelhead's in there, it's going to bite. Obviously, yeah. if he went through and he didn't get it to go, I'm going to give it my shot. Now, if you drop in below the guy, instantly you're going to have a negative interaction with that person again. But he doesn't own 200 yards of water, does he? No. I'd say give him a good, you know, at least at least say, hey, man, can I drop in 50, 60 yards below you? And if he gets all worked up about that, I'll just go find some new water. Yeah, you're, it's not worth it to you. It's not worth it. Yeah, like, and, gen- and generally, like for me too, it's not like it's never worth it. Just because you're out there to have a good time, like yeah. you're out there to, to to enjoy nature. You're out there to and the other to thing, catch a fish. I mean, I like catching a fish too. And like you, but what Ryan's saying is like you know being able to go in behind people, work the water behind, or, or find somewhere else. Sometimes it's you're in a no win situation. And, there, right? and there's yeah. no there's no recipe that you can be right on because I had an incident I'll talk about on our coastal river winter steelheading where jet boats and drift boats are kind of intermingling and floating mm-hmm. through drifts. So I'm like, cool, I'm going to stay above a guy. Well, this guy in this drift boat watches hook three within eyesight of him, above him. And on our third fish, he starts screaming at me in front of my customers, and I said, hey, dude, yeah. I never dropped below you one time. You're high-holing him. <laughs> I w- and I said, I'm sorry I high-holed you all day, yeah. but we – we never did anything, and the guy just had a bad attitude and kind of lit me up in front of my customers, and I just kind of said, well, we did everything we could to stay. Yeah, so, I mean, why, why was – what was he – I mean, was he, like, another guy that you were – And it wasn't of- a river. Like, I could see if it was a river that he could float it twice in a day, but this particular system, it's a one-float 
system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe he thinks I'm stealing fish that he might have got on his second float could on he, rivers. Could he have like used his electric and gone no. up or anything like that? No, like in? in most of this stuff, I was on my gas powered kicker. Fighting yeah. these fish, I mean, super strong current. There's no way he was. So getting it's just another. another one of those guys you're just not going to win with. Well, it's just it's, especially if a guy is struggling. There's fish around being caught. You just got to. What I'm saying, there's no exact recipe to making people happy around you. Always just do right. the best you can. Do right. stuff like Casey said. Treat others like you want to be treated. I wouldn't like it if I was working a 200 yard stretch and a guy worked the last 60 before I got to the tail out. Right. Now, if he but, goes to the head of it and starts ahead of the hole and works the whole thing I mean, like I did, cool. And truth be told, I can't ever think of a time where I was in my raft where a guy like was in a raft off the bank, sled above me, and like I turned around and he caught a fish. I'd be like, well, damn. <laughs> I just went through there, but I never would think of a moment where I'd actually get mad at him or yell no, at him. No, good oh, job, yeah. bud. Hey, yeah. nice work. I mean, like, well, I learned something new today. <laughs> well, I see one. a lot of bank guys. They love it when I pull up my sled on small rivers because... It gets the fish moving. Oh, no, it spooks them all and off. And generally, nope. uh, I notice the, the people that haven't done a lot of plunking or bank fishing for winter steelhead, they get all upset, and they're throwing their hands, and the guys that have been doing it for 40 years, they're they're giving me the thumbs up and rooting me to because every time I go by, it blows the fish, and they get bit. You know, I was going to say, so my next question to you guys were going to be like, okay, so we're talking a little bit about the boats and the small river interaction, but like I was going to say, how do you interact with the bank guys? And so you are under the firm belief that, you know, Fish move around the boats, right? Fish fish can definitely do definitely. that. But, and sometimes that movement is a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. But you think it's more good than bad, obviously. Uh, yeah. For me, if a guy's been – so I start out my morning, I see a guy's fishing a hole, say two, three guys. Three hours later, if I come by and those guys are still fishing that hole, Cameron, that steelhead would have bit, right? Now I'm going to go – there might be a pot of them. They're all bunched up because it's just similar to an elk herd. They bunch up when they get spooked, right? Well, they won't bite when they get in a ball. You get them broken off, they'll start snapping left and right. And that's what happens when the motor goes through the hole is it breaks up that that ball that's just getting out of the way of the jig or the bead that the guys from the bank are continually just to throw down the same seam, 500 cast, right? Right. There's no question in my mind, especially if the fish aren't, like, moving. Like, you know, if, if you're, you know, river stale, low water, whatever, like, those fish are the fish that are going to be targeted by those bank guys is drifts, you know, float, drift fishing, whatever it is, but where that presentation is going to hit them. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're right, if they're there two, three hours later, they're probably going to get the ones they're going to get. And maybe they need something to shake them up because there's no question. We've seen it with coho too. Yeah. You know, coho ball up somewhere. You catch one, you break them up, you spook them, you move them out into the run, you do this. Well, next thing you know, a few minutes later, you're picking those fish off too. Yep. Yeah. Or they come back, you know, 30 minutes later in the same, same pocket. But regardless. Yeah. Well, I mean, because a lot of people don't like it when they see the boats. Let's be honest. Like, I mean, there's a lot of rivers that I drift. and Oh, there's you know, two things anglers. that are the devil on small rivers. <laughs> Guides and jet boats. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> hey, the devil. <laughs> We've all had crazy, crazy interactions with uh, people on certain rivers. And, I mean, <clears throat> there's just, sometimes there's just nothing you can do. It There's, there's a certain mindset on smaller rivers that's different than than larger rivers. Uh, I call it the North County mindset. Um, I've had guys uh, not even fishing a spot, and I'm back trolling uh, some bait, and a guy drives down his driveway to a punking shack and sees me and full-on gets out of his car in a rage and tells me he's going to throw lead at me if I don't move my boat. And I was there already 30 minutes before that. And so, was he, and was he even fishing? 
He wasn't fishing yet, oh. but he wanted to be fishing. Mm. It was it was his his sacred plunking spot, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was in it, so I was like, "Hey, man, just give me five more minutes. I'll be out of here." No, you if you, if you don't want lead slung at you, you're gonna move. So I had you know I had a group of guys on the boat, and I said, "All right, guys, let's, let's split." And we you, did, you, but you, you took you took the bigger man, better option for sure there. But well, I didn't know what he was talking about when he said let some lead sling. So I just <laughs> yeah, assumed, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know if he was going to cast it at me or shoot it at me. So we just bailed. And <laughs> the speed's a different the variable. Huh? We yeah. all have stories like that where we come across the right. the mindset of a guy that's just there's nothing you can do, just bail. But one thing that he just said when he was talking about that, um, there's not a lo- some of these new anglers don't know. How the river works, it's a first-come, first-serve. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people don't understand that. Even if that guy had fished there, his dad's dad, and his whole family have caught a thousand springers out of that hole, the fact that Casey was there first that day means it's his until he's done fishing. And I think that's something that everybody as sportsmen and fishermen really needs to understand. Yeah. If you want it, there's no question. get there first. Yeah, yeah, you own that water as long as you're fishing it. And if, if you have to get up at 2, 3 in the morning to get that spot and it's not worth it, well, time to find a new spot to fish, right? That's how it should be. But like I said, uh, certain mentalities exist in certain river systems, and uh, you just do what you can to try not to get killed or kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no question. I mean, and I've had a couple of instances on a very popular river. She's gone now, thank God. But there was this one hole that I'd, I would always drop my anchor on. And she'd come out her back porch and yell at me, oh, you, got, you can't have your anchor on this half of the river. Like, she knew. And then we had an incident, too, right? But let's not get into that. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> call, I know we, this we, lady. No, 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 no. No, we're not talking, <laughs> no, we're not talking the place uh, affectionately named the Wilderbeast Hole. But, uh, <laughs> is it still called that after I it named it that day? It is still called it that. Anyways, nice. uh, side story. But sometimes property owners do own the property. They do own the yeah. riverbank um, down underneath the water where you're Correct. There's no high does. water mark on a lot of smaller rivers. Correct. Yeah. So, like, there is there is a little bit of, I will give, like, a property owner, like, that benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Um, but it's also, like I said, it's also a little bit of an attitude thing. So, if you're, I mean, I could imagine, like, property owners in certain situations have seen, have dealt with nothing but... Yeah, that particular day when yeah, me and you were right. fishing, we did everything nice, and the lady just had a super sour oh, attitude when all you were trying to do was just retie one liter really quick. Literally, yeah, the anchor yeah. touched the bottom, and she well, was okay, on The story was <laughs> same, yeah. same kind of situation like Casey. Ryan and I are floating down. Beautiful winter steelhead day. Incredible. Like, catching fish, having a good time. Sunny, nice. She was out taking a walk on her property, and we saw him, and we just said, I, I saw him coming. I'm like, yeah, hey, you know, tone it down. We don't want to be all hooped. And, you know, this, you know, I mean, like, you, you try to be discreet. And, you know, you don't want to be all, like, partying down there because I think 90% of the problems we have on the rivers with property owners because the swimmers all summer long. But that's mm-hmm. for another That's for another podcast. And, yeah, we had our anchor down. And we said, I turned to her and said, good morning. And as nice as I could, like, hey, man, happy to be here. And everyone's enjoying the day. She looks at us and puts her head down. And then I think you then like looked at me and then you like, no, I didn't get a fly. And then Ryan goes, good morning or something like that to her. <laughs> While she was, <laughs> I said something like top of the morning yeah, to you. Yeah. <laughs> and really loud. So she definitely heard at that time. And then all she does she is She snarled, go, dude. She yeah, showed she her teeth goes, at me. You, you, you know your anchor can't be on the river bottom. And I went, oh, I'm sorry. And Actually, I reached, her words were, your anchor's not touching bottom. You know better. Oh, yeah, you know better. And I went, <laughs> oh, sorry. And I, I reach over. And, and it was like a stagnant, flat 
yeah. spot. So I reach over with my rope, my hand, I pull it up six inches and I went, got it. You have a good day. And they went about their way and we continued to catch fish there. <laughs> I guess so, telling people good morning these days is not, uh, not good anymore. So, oh, it's not? so I hear on, yeah. Well, it's really weird. You're not, supposed, they, to you're not supposed to say good morning. She was oh, walking her having dog. A bad morning. They will, oh, uh, she was walking her dog away. with her husband and her husband just cowered when she was saying that stuff. Yeah. He didn't even look up at us. He wouldn't even look. <laughs> Oh, and now guy. we know why the name of the yeah. hole is called the name of the hole. Anyway, so, yeah, sometimes those interactions with property owners can be, you know, a little bit a little bit tough. But what about, like, bank anglers, though? I mean, like, I mean, I, I know that when I'm in my raft and we've got a lot of water to fish, and I, and I understand not having – I understand some of these rivers, they don't have a lot of access. And I understand, like, you know – if I'm in my raft, I've got a lot of water to fish. So sometimes, like, I'll come by a bank angler. If I have the opportunity to, I generally try to row over the water they're not fishing at. And if that means I have to row a foot away from the bank that they're standing on and just say, hey, I'm just, and I'll literally let them know. I'm like, hey, I'm just trying not to blow your water. I'm just going to kind of slide by, you know, because, like you said, some people get really mad when you row over the fish, and the guys have done it forever. They don't really care because they know they're going to move them around. And, yeah, exactly. You know, maybe, some, maybe it doesn't matter what you do. Right. They're going to exactly. get mad. Yeah. Right, well, that that or that, and that to the opposite end of that. How many too. times have you tried to go around a bank nursery and hung your own boat up trying to do everything right to tippy yeah. toe around them, oh and you hung up God. and you look all dumb, and then <laughs> so, and then so. and then they're still upset at you when you tried everything in your power, huh? I tried to stay <laughs> off this guy's seam line. We were flowing down from Marlin's birthday trip, and this guy was fishing this inside seam, and I knew when I was coming down, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put my boat on the right side of the river going down because. I knew he was fishing the slack water on the yeah. his coho twitching. And so I go down the right side and I like wedge it on this damn stick and it like sticks the boat. We like spin sideways, break the stick, just total cluster. And I, <laughs> I look back up at the river, the guy's smiling and shaking his head. And I go, I go, sorry, dude. I go, I meant to stay off your water. And then he, he, I guess he watched the video like a couple days later when we put it out, and he's like, "Oh, he's like, thanks for staying off my water and yeah. hanging yourself on that stick." Yeah. Just a total dope move on my end, but uh, tried made an effort. Put said I was going to do it, made an effort to try to stay off the water. Just oh yeah, <laughs> made me look like an a hole, but <laughs> it just uh, you know trying, you know, putting out that little bit of extra effort. Uh, definitely. Did he? Did he? Uh, did he? Did he give you a thumbs up as you were going by finally when you uh, went by him? Oh, no, or was well, he like- I hung up just below him, but when I looked back up, he was shaking his head, smiling like, you dumbasses. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Which it literally was. But that effort, you know, to go, when, you know, coming into those bank and boat interactions, like, like I said, that effort of trying to just do what you can. Like, sometimes you can't. I mean, there's definitely holes and runs where you're rowing through or you're running a sled through. Um, situations like that where, uh, you know, you, you, you can't. Don't, you don't and, have a and honestly, for me, I'm not trying to go out there and mess up anybody ever, right? Because right. that's I don't want it to happen to me. But you know, you can only do what you can. Sometimes you got to go over the water, right? Yeah. So, yeah. At and, the end of the day, safety is going to be number one for a boat operator over people in his vessel, guide, non-guide, over making sure you don't drive over a little stretch of river for a banking go. So I'm going to say that. I mean. Personal safety and boat yeah, safety is going to be number one. Number one. Sure. Yeah. Um, and then after that, just try to tippy-toe around everybody out there on these small little rivers, right? Right. In the wintertime, everybody's uh, – it seems like everybody's on edge in the wintertime too. I don't know what it is about. Oh, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, you see, you see more drama on Facebook or, you know, uh, fishing forums during the winter months than any other time because people are bored. 
and they're looking for a reason to to fight. So a lot of times they'll get on the river and they just their patience is that much thinner. Well, and, and you know, like I said, there's also a lot of crowding too. That I mean, too. There's you know not a lot of places to fish. I think there's certain. a lot of passion into winter steelhead fishermen too. That my too. winter steelhead yeah. crowd is completely different than the rest of my crowd oh. the rest of the year, and they're the hardcore hardcores. So you put people that are that passionate. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have more <laughs> attitudes and flare-ups. You're not having you're not having the family business guy out there when it's 35 and no. raining, sleeting on you for six <laughs> hours. Well, you're the king right. of kokanee. You know that clientele base. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the opposite the, of that. The, the guys that I have show <laughs> exactly. The it's guys, the opposite <laughs> of that. The guys that are fishing with me in May, I will never see in my raft yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's such that's such a good point. Um, I do, you know, we talked about, um, you know, the boat to boat, like I've got another story where, you know, sometimes people also don't, you know, when you talk about safety and understanding what's going on. And I remember there was a video one time that we shot where we were running a sled down river and there was another sled down in the hole. Um, and, uh, and as I was approaching the hole, I, I, I slowed down because I wanted to make sure that the guy, cause it's really tight in that spot. I wanted to make sure that the guy that was sitting down in the hole knew that I like I was intending to come down, but I was kind of getting off plane until I saw him come up and he waved at me and he waved me to come down. And I knew, and, and, and this guy, he'd been fishing there forever, still does excellent fisherman. And he knew like, okay, I'm going to try to get down. I'm just gonna get down and rip by him, but he's ready yeah. for it. And let's just do this just to get me out of his hair. So he can go back to doing his fishing. Well, we shot in a, we shot in a segment of a film and this was before, this was like way before addicted. And, uh, we go, and somebody like found the video like years later and they like put it up on iFish and it was like this like giant stink. And the guy's like, what if there was banking? Like just made something out of like complete nothing. He's like, I can't believe a guide would do that to another guy. And he didn't know the context of like the, the shot. Yeah. Like, and then he's like, see, there was even a bobber over there on the bank. Well, it, it probably was a bobber that was broken off. There was nobody on the bank. You know, yeah. like, but like all of a sudden it got like so spun up into this like, just complete amount of just BS. I was like, what is going on? I mean, he waved me down and I went by and like, but. And then it knew, turned into you had the knew. worst etiquette and you're oh, I was just, oh, I to can't, people. I can't believe anybody <laughs> would go. the worst. Anybody would go fishing with Cameron. He's reckless and just, and it's like, this was, is, this is common practice every day in the fall on this river, like yeah. every day. And yeah. it's just like taken out of context, but obviously you had a situation where a guy didn't know and like, you know, and, and those are the guys that, like I said, those are the guys that seem to make the drama, make make the the Facebook post, make the stick. And it's like, dude, it's like, no, 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 no. Check yourself. (laughs) Check yourself, boys. Yeah, if there was an issue, the guy in the boat would have said something or not waved you down or anything different. Or or, or idled through even. Yeah. Just whatever. These are my guess winter months. Uh, that was fall, but low water, <laughs> fall chinooking. But it was close to winter. Right. The winter was in the air. Right, right. Maybe we had our first frost. <laughs> <It was, laughs> He'd been on the couch for a couple weeks, yep, and it, he was, it, it was just starting to get. It was just starting to get rolling here. We good. Yep, we're just starting to get rolling. Well, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks, Casey, Ryan, for coming in and uh, yeah, giving us you. some perspective on your 250 plus days on the water each for you guys. A uh, couple reminders if you guys are out there. Uh, out there going after it, getting after these winter seal, these, and you're passionate about it, you want to catch them, you know, communicate, you know, win in Rome, do what the Romans do. Don't try to mix it up and just, like, be happy for once. Just be actually happy yeah, be that happy. your winter steel had fishing. And I just want to, one last thing on it. 
If you're not what real experience, don't throw yourself in the gauntlet. Go to an area, get comfortable with your rod, your raft, your powerboat, whatever yeah. it may be, putting your waders on, and go get comfortable before you go into those terminal zones where the attitudes are going to flare up and stuff like that. So when you're in there, you're more comfortable. Yep. And, be, so, and take and, advice. Yep. Take advice, open-minded patience, and be safe, most of all. We'll see you guys later. Thanks. Thanks.